Hi everyone, uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to the episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, one of my favourite films. Um, it's uh, a film that uh, I think has stood the test of time, uh, from the time that it was released. And uh, to me, it serves as a, a commentary on the times that it was uh that it was made, and also the, the times uh, of today, maybe. Um, and it also uh, tells the, the story about uh, someone who is pushed to the limit um, and who just um, can't take uh, his life or... Uh, the reality that he finds himself uh, anymore, so he basically uh, snaps uh, uh, in not so many words. Um, and the film that I'm talking about is the 1993 American crime thriller film Falling Down, which was directed by Joel Schumacher and. Uh, stars the great Michael Douglas uh, in the lead role of uh, William D. Dash Fens Foster and uh, D. Fens is what is uh, uh, on what we see on William Fen Foster's uh, license plate uh, as He's waiting uh, in traffic on a Los Angeles uh, highway on a very hot day uh, in which um, William Foster is stuck, just like a lot of people, uh, in his car um, with uh, a lot of other people who are stuck on the highway because of the, uh, the ongoing... Um, repairs that are, are occurring ahead um, and this is just uh, a bad day of a long line of bad days for uh, William Foster and, but this day, the day when it's hot, uh, when he's stuck in his car when he is, the AC of his car stops working. This is the day when William Foster uh, just uh, has the uh, the worst day of all worst days, um, and he just, uh, as I said, uh, he just breaks. And um, William Foster. Is uh, is someone who has a lot of a lot of problems. Um, uh, he's currently estranged from his ex-wife, um, and all he's trying to do is go home uh, to the home that he once shared with his ex-wife, so that he can be there for his daughter's birthday, uh, which is due to take place in the afternoon. Um, uh, and that's it that's all that he, he wanted to do but uh, as I say on this day of all days uh, because of a series of events that trigger him um, William Foster aka Defense just decides to um, to leave his car because 
uh, all around him he sees things that uh, trigger him he sees uh, this stuffed uh, Garfield um, uh, toy stuck on a window he looks at that it triggers him in such a way um, he sees a girl in front of him in the car um, in the back seat um, that triggers him um, he uh, just the fact that he's sitting in this uh, uh, tin can of a, of a car he's unable to move all of these things as well as things that have happened to him recently just come to a head and as I say, uh, instead of waiting for the, the, the traffic to move, um, which has been stationary for seemingly a long time because of all the, uh, the road uh, repairs that are taking place, uh, William Foster just gets out of his car and he just walks off the highway, leaves his car behind uh, and uh, the, the people behind him, one of the other uh, drivers of vehicles behind him, asked him, what is he doing? You can't just leave his car there. And he says, I'm going home. Simply, I'm going home. And all he's carrying at this point uh, is his briefcase. So he's um, he's dressed very smartly. He's got a white suit, uh, black trousers. Uh, he's got a uh, black and white striped uh tie on and uh and he's wearing his glasses and, and that's it and uh, as he says he's just going home and on the way uh he pops into a convenience store which is owned by um a, a korean owner um and all that he wants is to get some change for the uh, public telephone uh, so that he can call his wife um, and uh, he asks the the convenience store owner uh, if he can have some change and the convenience store owner says uh, not unless you buy something um, and this is what triggers uh, William Foster again um, because he goes around the store and he starts looking at all the different things that are there and um, he goes to uh, the, the refrigerator, he pulls out a, a can of Coca-Cola um, and then he starts uh, and then he puts it down on the um, at the cashier's desk there and uh, the, the owner says that that be uh, 80, 88 cents I think it was 80 cents and this is another thing that triggers William Foster again he starts complaining about how much things cost now compared to how they used to cost uh, back when he was younger um, that things are so overpriced now uh, and uh, when the uh, the Korean owner um, uh, gets a baseball bat out from behind the counter uh, and demands that uh, uh, William Foster leave um, William Foster takes the bat from the Korean owner um, and then starts to uh, smash everything in, in the shop he uh, asks the Korean owner what the price of certain uh, certain things are and he just breaks them and um yeah because he's he's just frustrated about the the world the way that it is and all these frustrations are just have become so palpable that he just wants to take out his frustrations uh, about so many things um and as i say he's having a bad day uh, and long stream of bad days and everything on this day is just pushing him to the edge and it's over the course of the film uh, his frustrations build and the, the things that he does uh, get uh, more and more violent um, but uh, he uh, 
breaks a lot of the merchandise within the convenience store, um, but he uh, is successful uh, in getting his change, uh, which he seemingly uh, subsequently gets from the, the cashier register on his own, uh, which is all that he wanted. He just wanted change for the, the payphone, um, and then he, he leaves. Um, and uh, shortly after, we, we see him trying to uh, call his ex-wife, uh, but initially he doesn't uh, say anything, uh, his ex-wife. Um, uh, Beth uh, Trevino, uh, who's played by uh, Barbara Hershey, answers the phone, and um, she probably has an inkling of who it is, but she doesn't say anything. Then um, William puts the phone down, um, and uh, shortly after, uh, live in the convenience store. Um, William uh, is resting on uh, on, a, on a derelict uh, piece of land. Um, he's inspecting one of his shoes that has a, a large hole in it, and um, he. Uh, is sitting on uh, on some steps that have some graffiti on them, uh, but he's doing nothing uh, in particular. He's just resting, having his uh, his coke, and just taking it easy. Uh, but he's uh, he's accosted uh, by uh, some uh, gang members uh, who uh, followed. Uh, William Foster when he was walking up uh, one of the streets uh, they watched him sit down on the steps which had a, a gang sign on them and uh, they come up to him and they threaten him with a, uh, a knife and they demand uh, that they both, both firstly get off uh, the steps where he is because they point out that uh, one of the pieces of graffiti that uh, is on the, the steps is actually a symbol of their gang, uh, and they also ask him for his his briefcase. Uh, but William Foster is uh, in no mood, and this is not the day for him to be accosted by anybody. And he says, "I'm not giving you my briefcase." Um, and uh, as a result. Uh, he attacks the two gang members with the bat that he's he still has that he um, acquired from the convenience store um, and he hits one of the the gang members and knocks the the knife to the ground and uh, this is when we see him obtain the, uh, the the knife from one of the gang members um, However, on this same day, uh, it is also on the same day that William Foster is having the this bad day. Um, Sergeant uh, Prendergast, uh, who is uh, played by Robert Duval, um, this is his last day at work before retirement. Um, he. Uh, He's planning to retire and move uh, with his uh, with his wife uh, to somewhere by a, by a lake, and he's going to have a you know quiet quiet life following his uh, his long um, uh, police um, career. And uh, he had uh, previously been uh, wounded on the job. And for the last part of his career, he spent it behind uh, behind a desk. Um, but uh, he's looking forward to uh, to retirement, uh, or begrudgingly, uh, we get the sense that uh, this retirement has been pushed on him, or uh, it's been influenced by uh, his wife, uh, uh, Amanda uh, Prendergast. Who's played by uh, Tuesday Weld, um, but he's he's going to do it, and um, yeah, he's uh, he it's uh, it's his last day on, on the job, 
and um, uh, to give him uh, uh, one last thing to do before the the end of the day. Um, one of the the other police officers uh, comes in with the uh, the same uh, Korean uh, convenience store owner that um, William Foster uh, had uh, attacked uh, when he came into his convenience store um, and uh, the convenience store uh, clerk uh, describes what happened um, that the, the man in, in his uh, suit, uh, in his white shirt and tie came in, um, he didn't steal anything he, apart from taking his uh, baseball bat, um, he, all he wanted was change um, and that's it. So he didn't do, didn't steal anything um, and at first the uh, Prendergast um, you know, uh, Prendergast doesn't really take it too seriously because, you know, it just seems like a, a very menial thing. Um, and, uh, you know, he, you know, he, he's just doing the desk duty. He's just, you know, trying to wait out the, the hours until he, he leaves. And um, for uh, the better part of uh, the first part of the film, he, uh, this is what, um, he, he does, you know, he's just, um, he's just trying to wait out the day, wait out the hours. But while, um, Sergeant Prendergast is, uh, uh, waiting and he's taking calls from his wife saying, you know, where, when are you going to be home? And, uh, she, she calls him because she's, uh, she has, seems to have this nervous disposition and, uh, um, she she has to call uh, Sergeant Prendergast for reassurance. Um, and while Sergeant Prendergast is in in the uh, the, the police um, station, uh, William Foster uh, uh, continues to uh, make his uh, make his way home. Um, um, and soon enough, uh, the two gang members uh, who had accosted him um, on what they saw as their gang territory uh, start cruising the streets with two of the friends in their car looking for Foster uh, so that they can uh, attack him for attacking them. And they see him uh, at a phone booth um, uh, trying to call... Uh, his ex-wife and they immediately uh, take out their automatic weapons and shoot at uh, um, Robert Foster uh, from their car but uh, uh, they don't hit him at all in fact they hit some uh, innocent pedestrians who are just going about their their day um, and they they're mortally wounded um, but because they weren't looking where they were going, the driver of the car with the two gang members in uh, loses control and crashes um, and Robert Foster walks over to the, the car that's crashed and he immediately recognises the, the, the two gang members as the, the those that accosted him uh, not so long ago and uh, he goes over to the car and uh, he sees that they're carrying guns he picks up the one of the automatic weapons that they have and uh, he gets a, a, a feel for the, the trigger and he points it at one of the, the gang members and uh, he shoots them in the leg um, and then he picks up the bag of uh, guns uh, from the gang members and then he walks away still holding his briefcase uh, the, the baseball bat that he had, um, and uh, also the uh, the the, uh, the now um, sports bag of uh, of weapons, and uh, we also see that uh, he goes to a uh, a local um, uh, store there that is selling um, these uh, um, snow globes. 
uh, full of uh, um, pretty um, objects within them, and he sees one that has a um, a, uh, a horse in it uh, that you might see on a, uh, a fairground ride, and he buys this from the, the shop owner so that he can take it home and give it to uh, his daughter, um, Adele. Um, so after this, uh, he uh, he goes to um, a a nearby uh, thrift store, and uh, uh, he goes in because he uh, really just wants to go and um, get uh, some new boots because, as I said, the one of his shoes has a hole in it. Um, uh, but on his way, uh, he uh, he encounters a panhandler, someone who's trying to get uh, uh, trying to beg for some money from anybody, and he goes over to William Foster and tries to get him to give him something. Um, and this is when William Foster uh, questions who the panhandler is and why he really wants it and he makes up all these excuses that uh you know he he his car broke down he needs money for this he needs food uh but uh when foster just says the end just yeah take my briefcase um and uh, initially the panhandler is happy with this but all that is in his briefcase is revealed to be his lunch just a, a sandwich an apple um basically that's it and uh, the panhandler isn't very impressed with this and he ends up throwing the apple at William Foster but William Foster just carries on walking um, um, but uh, on the way to uh, go to this thrift store um, William Foster uh, stops off at a, uh, a fast food restaurant and um, he goes in and uh, he immediately orders breakfast uh, but they they tell him that uh, breakfast has stopped uh, it stopped at 11 30 um, and that they're only serving lunch now um, and uh, William Foster isn't too impressed with this and he asks to speak to the manager um, uh, of the of the restaurant and uh, the manager comes over and he says it's we only serve breakfast till 11:30 um you know it's over 11:30 now um you know it's it's lunch now and that's it but william foster looks at his watch and it's only 11:32 and they still have some breakfast uh there but uh uh once again they they say that they can't uh, sell him breakfast because it's after 11.30 um, but uh, William Foster is not going to take this lying down because as, as I say this is another thing that just triggers him just keeps his uh, irritation going uh, about the things that annoy him the most about society and um, this is when he pulls out a gun and uh, he uh, he says that he wants breakfast, and uh, in in doing this, he accidentally uh, fires his weapon at the ceiling, um, and he just says, "Look, I just want breakfast." So the the, the people working at the restaurant uh, rush around to try and get him uh, the breakfast that he wants, um, but then uh, William Foster just changes his mind on the spot and says. Hey, don't forget about forget about breakfast. I'll I'll have lunch, uh, and he starts ordering um, a burger and some fries, um, and then uh, after he gets uh, uh, his lunch, um, he he looks at it and he says, "Now, now look at this. Com compare this what I've just got to the picture up on the top there that looks so plump and." you know fresh and looks really appetizing and look at what i've just been given and it's flat and it doesn't look anything like the picture um 
So this is another thing that annoys uh, William Foster. Um, and um, then uh, after reassuring everybody in the restaurant uh, that, you know, don't worry, you're not going to hurt, he leaves. Um, and then he goes to another phone booth uh, to try and call his wife. His wife picks up. Um, um, but uh, gets no response once again. Um, then someone uh, who's waiting to use the, the phone booth comes up to him and says, you know, there's someone else waiting to use the phone booth, you know. And um, as a response to this, William Foster shoots the phone booth and says, basically, you know, now you've got, you can't use it because if you just waited and didn't say anything, then you might have got a chance to use it. Um, uh, William Foster calls home again um, and uh, he talks to uh, his, his ex-wife and says that uh, he uh, is on his way home, he's going to attend his daughter Adele's birthday party, um, but Beth, uh, his ex-wife, doesn't want this to happen and he says and she she calls the police informs the police that um, her ex-husband is coming to the house um, even though she's put out a restraining order on him um, uh, because he uh, could potentially be violent um, even though he she re reports to the, the police officers that he was never violent to uh, his daughter Adele or to his ex-wife but um, he, he has the potential to be violent um, but uh, uh, again Doc, uh, Sergeant um, Prendergast who is supposed to be having a very easy day very uh, you know uh, non uh, drama filled day um, just sitting at his desk um, he once again uh, is walking through the station and uh, um, uh, he uh, he talks to one of the the, the girlfriends of the, the gang members uh, who accosted William Foster and who uh, uh, died in the in the crash of their car the, the girlfriend is uh, brought in for questioning following uh, the uh, what happened um, and when she's interviewed by two of the police um, Sergeant uh, Prendergast um, uh, is observing this uh, this interview that's happening and uh, when the, the girlfriend uh, mentions that uh, the person who uh, shot um, uh, her friends, her boyfriends, the, the the gang members, was wearing a um, a white shirt and um, glasses and uh, and a, a tie. Uh, Sergeant Prendergast immediately makes the connection with uh, the assailant that the Korean convenience store owner had uh, reported, and he makes a connection and. Uh, understands immediately that these two people the the, the, the the two people who did these two seemingly separate things are actually potentially the same person um, and uh, when they they go to uh, he, he does some more uh, investigation um, uh, the uh, they do some investigation into the uh, the license plate um, of the, the same uh, person that, in fact, Sergeant Prendergast, Prendergast, uh, who was in the the same uh, highway backlog that uh, William Foster was at the beginning of the film. We actually see William Foster walk past. Sergeant Prendergast as he was on his way to the station to start his day at work uh, and Sergeant Prendergast uh, 
realizes he looks up uh, at um, one of the billboards and he realizes that uh, there is a connection between the person that he saw with the the, the white shirt and the the striped uh, tie and the glasses that he saw on the highway near the uh, the roadworks uh, he looks up at the one of the billboards there and he realizes um, uh, that he this is he's very close to the highway where he was stuck the car with uh, D fens is still there and he realizes that the person who's responsible for these attacks on the convenience store owner uh, and um, on the uh, the gang members is the same person um, and uh, this is when uh, Sergeant Prendergast um, and uh, his partner uh, Detective uh, Torres um, uh, he's played by uh, Rachel uh, Tocotin, uh decide to track down um, who the owner of uh, the, the license plate with defense uh, is and this leads them to um, uh, this leads them to um, William Foster's uh, mother who they go to his house the house of and they question um, and ask uh, uh, his mother about who he is what kind of person he is um, and uh, this is when they, they see that he's very meticulous, he's very uh, neat in the way that his uh, bedroom where he lives with his mother is all set out. Uh, we find out that he's estranged from his, uh, his ex-wife um, and uh, that he is uh, very exacting in his standards and um, he's very... Uh, um, perhaps um, obs obsessive about certain things. Um, uh, but as a result of the, the eyewitnesses uh, uh, putting out um, a description of who might be responsible for these attacks, uh, the police start uh, picking up people that have the same uh, description as uh, uh, William Foster, picking up people who wearing a white shirt and a striped tie. Um, and uh, William Foster sees a, a black man uh, uh, who is uh, um, protesting after being rejected for a loan application. He sees him uh, being picked up by the police um, and he, he hears the man uh, who's picked up say to William Foster, uh, don't forget me, as he is escorted away by the police. And then this, uh, after this, is when William Foster stops by at a uh, military surplus store, an army and navy store, to buy uh, a new pair of shoes, uh, as I said, to replace the one, uh, the ones that have holes in, um, but uh, the owner of the store is a white supremacist and uh, uh, William Foster is there in the back just trying on his new pair of boots they've been recommended to him by the, the store owner but as he's doing this in the, ch in the changing rooms um, uh, uh, Detective uh, Torres turns up to try and investigate and ask the, the store owner uh, if he had seen uh, William Foster or anybody of the same description as William Foster. But um, the, the uh, military surplus store owner uh, says that he hasn't seen anybody of that description and uh, he doesn't divulge that William Foster is actually in the store. Um, and after, she, after um, Detective Torres leaves, uh, the store owner um, takes William Foster into the back room of his store and reveals that he has a surplus of um, weapons and uh, military uh, um, propaganda and um, 
paraphernalia that uh, may uh, could reveal that uh, he is a white supremacist, and um, this is when um, uh, he reveals and he shows William Foster a rocket launcher that he has, and which he says that he can have, and. Uh, William Foster asks, well, why would you give me this? What, why do you think that I would want this? And the store owner says, well, you're like me, aren't you? You, you, you know, you want anarchy, basically. Um, and he says that he heard of what he did at the uh, Whammy Burger restaurant, uh, which William Foster went to and uh, shot his gun off at uh, when he went there initially for breakfast. Um, but William Foster says, I'm not like you. You, you are basically the, the scum of the earth. You know, you're, you're nothing like me. Um, and he, you know, says that he's nothing like him at all. And the, uh, the store owner um, uh, pulls a gun on, uh, on uh, William Foster and tends to handcuff him. Um, and says that he's going to turn him over to the police, but uh, this is when William Foster takes out the the knife that he had obtained from the gang members earlier on, and he stabs the store owner in the shoulder, and then he takes out a gun and he shoots the store owner uh, dead, and uh, realizing that. Uh, what he's wearing is uh, drawing attention to himself uh, because the police are looking for someone of the same description as him. Uh, he changes into some black army fatigues and boots. Uh, he takes the rocket launcher that he was offered by the uh, store owner and then he leaves. And uh, as I say, he continu continuing to make his way uh, home this entire time. Um, uh, on his way, he encounters a road repair crew uh, who appear to be not working, and uh, he accuses them of uh, doing unnecessary repairs to the the to the road, even though um, that the road just the other day seemed like it was fine, that nothing needed to be done, and that. It, they only do certain things just to justify their bloated budget that they have. And um, he pulls out the rocket launcher um, and at first struggles to use it, but a, um, a young boy uh, who's passing by uh, explains how to use it because he saw it being uh, used on uh, TV in an episode of Cops. Um, and then Foster, uh, William Foster accidentally fires the launcher and it goes down uh, a tunnel uh, and uh, and uh, finds its way down the, down the street there and ends up blowing up the construction site nearby where the, uh, the road that's been closed down is. Um, then William Foster continues to uh, uh, make its way home uh, by going through a, a private golf course uh, where he frightens two elderly golfers um, um, uh, because he make and he also makes a comment that all these golfers are golfing on uh, all this lush and green land which could be used uh, for children to play and um, he's basically commentary making a commentary on uh, the way that uh, society is and the way that uh, p uh, people use certain places and they're only used because uh, people want to act out their own um, indulgences and uh, uh, he also uh, passes through uh, a very lush um, large house that is owned by a plastic surgeon that uh, uh, he's no not there at the at the that moment, but he's being used by um, caretaker there and his family uh, who are there to enjoy using the the pool and the facilities there. Um, but all the while, the the police are very close to William Foster now, 
and uh, they're, they're hot on his tail uh, because um, uh, Sergeant uh, Brendergast is knows that uh, you know this is there, there's more to this there's that uh, that um, William Foster um, he finds out a lot about William Foster in fact he finds out that uh, he was um, he was fired from his job um, as a uh, defense uh, uh, engineer um, about a month previously um, and uh, they find this out from uh, his mother uh, well they find this out uh, from where he, he worked uh, and then they question his mother about um, well, where you know if he was uh, uh, fired where has he been going every day his mother asks because he always takes his lunch with him um, and uh, that they they continue to to investigate and um, uh, Sergeant Torres and uh, um, sorry uh, Detective Torres and uh, Sergeant uh, Prendergast find their way to um, uh, to Venice uh, Beach because they they realise and they track down um, after they identify who the the person um, who owns the car with the defence uh, uh, license plate is. Um, after they go to uh, his mother's home, um, William Foster's home, mother's home, um, and uh, they make their way. They they isolate and they find out that uh, William Foster was married to um, to uh, Beth uh, Trevino and they have a, have a daughter and they, they live in Venice Beach um, so they, they make their way there just as uh, William Foster is making his way there um, um, and uh, William Foster uh, makes a phone call to um, to uh, his uh, ex-wife Beth Trevino uh, very close to where their home um, is um, and as soon as he points out uh, that uh, one of the um, one of the stores that they used to go to regularly has changed into something else uh, Beth realises um, that William Foster is very close by and uh, she uh, takes uh, their daughter Adele and she rushes out the, the back door uh, fearing that William Foster is going to arrive any, any minute um, she flees, William Foster arrives um, he goes through the front door just as Beth and Adele escape uh, at the back door and come around the side and then uh, flee to the to the beach um, and uh William Foster um, spent some time at his old family home looking at old um, family uh, VHS tapes of, of them um, that he had recorded of the family um, and when uh, he rewatches one of the videos of them when they were at uh, uh, Venice Pier on Venice Beach um, this is when William Foster realises that uh, the only place that Beth could be with their daughter has to be the pier. Uh, so he leaves the house and he rushes there um, to uh, to try and um, try and be with them once again. Um, but uh, uh, Sergeant uh, Prendergast um, arrive at the home. Um, before they can, uh, before they can follow, um, uh, before they can follow uh, William Foster, and um, and then they they realise that uh, um, that he he must have uh, must be just he must be still there, and um, uh, William Foster shoots uh, Detective Torres. 
uh, on his way out uh, of the house, injuring her um, before making his way to uh, the Venice Pier. Um, Sergeant Prendergast uh, 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 pursues um, uh, William Foster after making sure that his partner's uh, okay. And then they, then we find uh, William Foster at the Venice Pier, where uh, he finds uh, his ex-wife Beth and their uh, daughter Adele um, getting ice cream there. Um, and at this point, uh, Beth is frightened for her life. Uh, you know, William uh, Foster's holding. Uh, uh, a gun, and um, he, she's, you know, she she doesn't want to be with with him. She she fears for her life. She fears for the the safety of her daughter. Um, and this is when um, Sergeant Prendergast arrives, and uh, he initially tries to to reason with uh, William Foster by explaining that. Uh, you know, he had a, a daughter once, and uh, she died. Uh, so he understands, you know, um, what uh, William Foster might be, be feeling. And uh, uh, William then um, Beth and uh, Adele uh, are able to to flee uh, away from William Foster from danger potentially being being shot. And uh, then William Foster and Sergeant Prendergast have a conversation about uh, William Foster's current predicament and the fact that he was uh, fired or he was let go from um, working at the defence um, company that he worked at as an engineer, creating weapons and missiles. But that uh, when he became surplus to requirements, um, not as skilled as um, was now required um, that they just let him go um, and that he was now someone without a job someone who was unable to provide for his daughter and uh, was struggling to find his identity I suppose um, and uh, also William Foster uh, makes a commentary about uh, society um, and uh, how how certain people are treated, and you know, Sergeant Prendergast agrees with him, but he doesn't agree with the, using violence and and uh, hurting people to 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 highlight the um, the problems in society. Um, uh, so uh, distracting um, uh, William Foster um, uh, his ex-wife Beth uh, kicks the gun away from William Foster just as um, Sergeant Prendergast draws his revolver on him insisting that uh, William Foster give himself up or he'll shoot um, then Foster says that he has a gun in his pocket other than the one that he had on the it was kicked away and that why don't they just have a an old-fashioned draw between the two of them and um sergeant prendergast doesn't want this you know he's he just wants to take william foster in quietly and uh let him spend his time because of all of his crimes in prison but, uh, and he says that, you know, he was potentially going to kill his ex-wife and daughter, and William Foster doesn't agree, but, um, yeah, who knows what he would have done. Um, and then, um, William Foster counts down, uh, to potentially drawing his weapon and firing at Sergeant, uh, Prendergast, um, but what he instead draws uh, and pulls out of his pocket is a water gun that his uh, daughter Adele was playing with earlier, and in fact he, what he was trying to do was trying to trick uh, 
William Foster. Um, William Foster was trying to trick uh, Sergeant Prendergast into shooting him uh, so that uh, his daughter Adele would get all of his insurance money. Um, so basically, uh, uh, killed by a cop. Um, and uh, then we see uh, William Foster fall back against one of the boards on the pier and then um, uh, subsequently fall into the, the ocean uh, into the water underneath the, underneath the pier and uh, then we follow Sergeant um, Prendergast when he goes back to uh, um, Beth Torino's uh, home um, where he sees uh, his uh, sees his partner Detective uh, Torres being uh, led away on a stretcher to go and um, uh, be uh, looked after following being shot uh, by William Foster and then um, Sergeant Prendergast has a, a brief conversation with uh, uh, Beth Trevino um, because uh, they, it is supposed to be Adele's uh, birthday party today and uh, she says well what shall I do and he says well let her have a party you know um, then he has a brief conversation with uh, Adele uh, William Foster's uh, uh, daughter and uh, uh, she asks him his name and he says oh my name's Mud and she says oh no that's not your name and he says well it will be when my wife finds out that I'm still a police officer um, so uh, this is uh, obviously asserting that uh, Sergeant Prendergast is in fact going to opt out of uh, his retirement and stay a police officer and uh, then that's the end of the film and uh, yeah what a fascinating uh, what a great film uh, very uh, very um, unique I, I, I think uh, for its time and, and especially now and I think it's I, that's why it's become so iconic over the years and uh, considered by a lot of people to be uh, a standout film um, and especially uh, Michael Douglas's performance as, um, as William uh, defends uh, Foster because uh, yeah he really takes it to a, uh, another level he so, at some points through the film he is so deadpan he doesn't he, he just goes about and does what he does as if he's a, a machine like he's just none uh, like he doesn't care he all he wants to do is just uh, make his way uh, to his uh, daughter's birthday party but he's a man you know he's a broken man he's obviously someone who has uh, psychological problems um, he's uh, he always had problems even when he was married and this was something that potentially drove him and his ex-wife Beth apart um, and just a, a series of, of things that happened to him uh, getting divorced from his ex-wife, uh, losing his job, all of these things that um, just seem to have uh, built up on top of him, just which have just uh, in the end just made him break and lose all sense of um, reality and control. And uh, as I say, I think it's a commentary on society at the time. Uh, back in the 90s as well as society now because a lot of people feel a lot of frustrations and um, sometimes they feel like they need to act out their frustrations and uh, some people some people do and I don't think this is um, I don't think it's a film that glorifies violence in fact it's a cautionary tale it's a it's a it's a film that asks anyone who watches it to uh, to look for and to um, to analyse uh, what people 
could potentially be capable of, especially if they're um, they're not given the amount of um, attention, if they're not uh, um, identified as being, you know, potentially uh, dangerous to uh, other people as well as themselves. Uh, I also think it's a commentary on the way that certain people are treated, especially people who, at a certain age, and they they're thought to be so-called surplus to requirements and no longer needed um, and there's no thought that they could be retrained in some other way um, so and uh, yeah it's about identity I suppose what really makes someone stable ha- you know having things in their life that keep them on the straight and narrow you know a job a family a reason to get up every morning, a reason to to um, continue to do the right thing, and if you don't have certain people don't have that, if they don't have a focus in life, then they may end up choosing to do something that they um, they might not have imagined doing before, but because of what they've uh, encountered and what they've been through and the, the certain uh, psychological. Um, uh, weight upon them and things that and their mental health you know undiagnosed mental health is, is something that is still prevalent even to this day and uh, um, you just don't know what people are going through and certain things can trigger certain people into doing things and um, but people who act on their instincts and on their frustrations um, often time have a reason for doing what they're doing and that's no uh, you know, that's, that's violence is never an answer, um, and there's, there's definitely no, uh, there's no um, explanation. There's no reason um, that could explain why someone would do something like William Foster does in the film. But um, for him, he just, as I say, he was just trying to get home to be there for his daughter on her birthday, and. Um, he was just plagued with all these different things that uh, affected him uh, psychologically and uh, yeah he just had a very bad day and uh, he just he was just on a a suicidal um, mission uh, a kamikaze uh, trajectory you could say and he just had given up uh, on life, given up on uh, going along um, and taking things in his stride, and uh, I think he perhaps he, he always always knew what the end result was going to be that he was going to die, and uh, potentially because he knew that if he was to be killed, then anything that he had built up would go to his daughter, and his daughter was all that uh, meant. Um, anything to him in the end um but uh yeah great film really great film um and uh it really does make a a uh, very profound commentary on a lot of different things in society um some very provocative subjects um um and uh it's not a it's not an easy watch, uh, but for me, it's intriguing and it's uh, it's profound because, as I say, it's a commentary and it's a, a cautionary tale about why we should pay close attention to people and their struggles and to realise that everybody, no matter how normal they look or no matter how um, how well uh, groomed or well. Uh, dress they are they may be going through something within them uh, that uh, could be like a ticking time bomb which uh, if not uh, realized and if not checked uh, could be could lead to uh, some very uh, destructive uh, outcomes but uh, yeah I think I'm gonna leave it there for now Uh, I just want to say if you've never seen the film Falling Down, you think that it may uh, be a film that you might like, uh, definitely check it out online. Um, 
and uh, yeah, um, hope you uh, hope you enjoy watching it. But uh, as I say, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, hope you like what you heard, and I'll talk to you again soon. If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience, um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website, and you'll find uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years. Um, if you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in uh, a book form, uh, and go to Amazon and you'll find um, all 10 of my books that I've had published. Um, they're all books of poetry, um, uh, books of stories, uh, books of uh, memories and uh, experiences. Um, and there'll be more to come. And uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to... Uh, to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to patreon and searching for mark the poet and uh your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated um but uh, as i was saying i hope you liked what you heard in this uh, episode um and i'll talk to you again soon